we're going to talk about focus, follow through, and finish. Focus on your vision, follow through, and actually do what you have a vision to accomplish. And thirdly, finish. Be a finisher, not just a starter, but a finisher. You must start in order to finish, but you must follow through in order to finish. So it begins with vision. And so here in this particular uh, verse in Proverbs 29 and verse 18, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. He that keeps the law or keeps the word of God, obeys the word, is a happy person. Happy is a people whose God is the Lord. And so uh, we, as children of God, people of God, those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, should not be people without vision, but we should be people of vision. Without a vision, we perish. There are different uh, translations, render it differently, but uh, the Amplified Bible says where there's no vision or no redemptive revelation of God, uh, we perish. Where there is no redemptive revelation. Meaning that our vision involves redemption. Our vision is a vision that changes our life. It changes our life personally. In other words, when we have vision, we have vision of Jesus. Let's consider the Apostle Paul. He had a literal vision of Jesus, didn't he? And when he had a vision of Jesus, when he saw Jesus, it transformed his life. Saul became Paul, the one who was on his way to persecute the church and stood by the coats of those who stoned Stephen, right? In the next chapter, he is actually on his way to persecute, imprison Christians, believers in Jesus Christ. But on the way to do that, Jesus showed up. And when Jesus showed up, he had a vision of Jesus, and it transformed his life. It changed his life forever. His life here on the earth, his purpose, his destiny changed. And his eternity changed. Well, in your life, when you met Jesus, you probably didn't have the same experience the Apostle Paul had. A light shined from heaven. Brighter than the noonday sun, knocked him down on the ground. His eyes naturally were blinded, but his spiritual eyes were opened. You probably didn't have that kind of experience, but you did meet Jesus. And when you meet Jesus, when Jesus shows up in your life and you believe on him and you receive him as your Lord, because Paul said, who art thou, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus, whom you persecute. And so he acknowledged that Jesus Christ was Lord. The same acknowledgement that you and I must make. We believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. We confess Jesus is Lord with our mouth. And when we do so, we say Jesus is Lord. Jesus comes into our heart and transforms our spirit. Our change occurs. A change occurs in our heart. We become a new creation in Christ. Old things are passed away and all things are new. But then the direction of our life changes, doesn't it? 
So I think that most of us in this room have acknowledged Jesus as the Lord of our life. And when we did, there was a redemptive revelation that came to us. We saw Jesus for who he was. And that revelation of Jesus changed us, didn't it? We believed on Jesus. And a transformation took place in our heart. And a transformation began to take place in our life and in our experience. The road that we were on changed. We were going one direction, and we repented and turned and went another direction. And so that's what happened to the Apostle Paul. That's what happened to you, a redemptive revelation of Jesus. But Paul's revelation of Jesus was not just for himself alone. Just like your revelation of Jesus is not just for yourself alone. It's not just a redemption uh, revelation for you and your life change and your experience in Jesus and with God, but it's also for you to have an influence and an impact upon other people's lives as well. And so in Paul's case, many lives were impacted and are still being impacted to this day. We read from his uh, writings. We read the Bible and we're reading inspired writings that were written by the Apostle Paul, given by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And we're still benefiting today and will forever benefit from the words that were written in Scripture. One life. One life that was transformed by a revelation of Jesus Christ. Your life has been transformed by a revelation of Jesus Christ. And other people's lives are being transformed because you choose to follow Jesus. You choose to bring light to the world. You choose uh, to make a difference in your community. You choose to make a difference in your world. You are ready to follow Jesus and shine like a light in this world. Our theme scripture as a church is, you shine as lights. Philippians chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. It says, you shine as lights in the world, holding forth the what? Word of life. So we are here with a redemptive vision, with a redemptive revelation. And if we don't have a vision, we perish. But... If we do have a vision and we obey the word of God, we're happy, we're thriving, we're living life to its fullest, and we're influencing others with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So when it comes to vision, it's a reason for vision so that you can fulfill it. The reason you have a vision for your personal life is so that you can achieve, you can accomplish. Because if you don't have vision for your personal life, then you're not apt to accomplish very much. But if you have a vision, you have a dream, you have a desire, you have something inside of you that burns like fire. It's something inside of you that says, I want to do something I've never done. I want to do life different from the way I have done it. I want to live life in a manner that I've not yet previously lived it. I want to change. I want to experience change. I want to experience life better than I've lived it. How many want to experience life better? You want to experience life better, more effectively, more efficiently, more uh, blessed. You want to enjoy God's best. And, And the way you do that is you choose to follow a fresh vision, something that's burning in your heart. A dream that God has put in your heart. In many cases, the Holy Spirit drops that dream in your heart and you have a desire toward that. And you then have to choose 
to focus on that and say, God, I want to focus on my dream. I'm going to use April Johnson as an illustration or example today. April, since a child, she has shared with me she wanted to be in, uh, in the medical provision, uh, 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 profession. So she had this desire. Am I correct? She had this dream and yet didn't believe she could fulfill it. Didn't see herself being able to do that. But the Holy Spirit over the years burned that dream in her heart. And so she has made the effort. She's been to school. And so she's going to uh, be able to be a, what, professional, what do you call it? Family nurse, Family nurse practitioner, which is amazing. Well, just think about the season of her life where she could just get comfortable and do other things, but she had a dream. She had a vision, and she said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to pursue this. In other words, at any phase of your life, if you have a dream or you have a vision, I mean, it's great if you can pursue it earlier in life because it's much more difficult when you have family and you have responsibilities and things that you've been uh, doing for years and now you're going to have to uh, set some things aside or prioritize and you're going to have to say, I'm going to dedicate myself to this. It's much sacrifice involved in that. And so here she goes. She makes the effort. She's been to school. She just graduated and she's moving forward. Praise God. So as a Christian... When the Holy Spirit puts something inside of you, it's redemptive in nature. It has not only you in mind, but God also has others in mind. He's thinking about how he can bless your life, improve your life, better your life, and he can cause you to achieve and, and to excel, but he's also thinking how you can influence, affect, and make un- other people's lives better as well. So everything you do, you always want to think beyond yourself, not just about yourself. Because people can just live self-centered, and it's all about me. Or they can live with a bigger picture and a vision that my life improvement ought to affect someone else's life improvement. It ought to bring something to someone else's life that would be beneficial, whether it's my character. Hello? On the job, if you're going to go in business, if you're going to, uh, I just think about Steve uh, Triplett just recently. I mean, for many years, he's been in electrical business, and he has actually run companies for other people. But he made a decision, and he's carried this dream for years. But he finally made this decision, I'm going to take this step of faith. And I'm going to step out in faith, and I'm going to act on the dream that I believe God has put in my heart. And he made that step, and he's going to succeed. Just has recently done it. He's going to succeed. He succeeded for other people. He's led other companies, and he can do it for himself. Amen. So he's made that decision. He's made that step. And so as a Christian, sometimes you have to take steps of faith regarding your vision. And uh, what you have to do is you have to follow through. In other words, having a vision is one thing. Hearing God's voice is one thing. Knowing God's will is one thing. Having a dream is one thing. Fulfilling God's dream 
or your dream that God has put in your heart is another thing. So in order to fulfill the dream that God has placed in your heart, you're going to have to follow through. When I was a kid, I played um, Little League baseball. So I could hit the ball pretty good. I could also run fast. And I could play the ball if I was out in the field. So I was pretty good at baseball as a kid. I thought I could hit the ball, and I did, and I hit the ball every time. Praise the Lord. Why? Because you have to focus. There's something about focus on your vision that helps you to follow through. Because in your life, if you have a vision, you have to focus in order to follow through. Now, if as a little league uh, baseball player, if I had a major league pitcher, you know, I just looked it up yesterday, and a fastball pitch, that one of the fastest that's been recorded, was in a game in San Diego. He was a Cuban. He came to America and played professional baseball, and, but he's actually from Cuba. And uh, he, he pitched 105.1, 105 miles an hour. That's a pretty fast ball. Nolan Ryan, famous pitcher as well, uh, he pitched a ball that, that, you know, when they were tracking it, uh, they, they, it wasn't a, exactly accurate, so they, they believed that it was 108 miles per hour. That's a fast pitch. Your average is about 92 or 3, 92 miles an hour. So, but many pitchers have, have pitched a 100-mile-an-hour uh, fastball. Now, if I was a little league player and I had a major league ball uh, a ball player that's pitching. Uh, you know, I would just be watching. <laughs> as much as I focused, I probably would just be standing there while I heard a pop in the glove. <laughs> because I wasn't ready for the major leagues. Do you understand? As a Christian, sometimes people want to jump from the little league to the major league. They want to just take this great big leap. But you gotta, you got to follow through a whole lot of times in order to make that step. Are you with me? In other words, you can't just jump from little league to major league. you gotta, you got to practice. you got to play. you got to do it year after year. And you've got to learn on the smaller level, on the lower level, in order to go up to the higher level. So in life, you just got to take steps of faith after one vision, after another vision. You have to fulfill each vision and be willing to follow through and actually finish at everything you do. Because the devil, he'll sometimes want you to jump from one thing to another thing. Come on. And people in personality, sometimes they'll jump from one thing to another thing. And they'll say, well, I have a vision for this now. And then a few months later, they got another vision for this. But they never follow through and finish the last thing that they had a vision to do. But God's not into us just starting. He wants us to finish. How many are hearing what I'm saying? All right, so you got to just uh, follow through in order to finish. You can't just start the game. you got to finish the game. Now, in the game of baseball, you know, when somebody knocks a, knocks a ball over the fence, you know, they can just kind of trot around, you know, just kind of trot around the bases, and then they come across home plate, and everybody celebrates. 
But if you didn't knock it over the fence, you better not trot. Because they're going to throw you out. Right? I mean, you can't be looking around. In other words, if you hit the ball, if your focus, your goal is to hit the ball somewhere that they're not going to catch it. Right? Or to outrun their performance. So when you hit that ball, you know, you want to focus and you want to hit the ball in a spot that it's unlikely they're going to get it fast. All right, so here we go. We're going to do what? Soon as we hit the ball. In other words, soon as you connect, you got to run. You can't be looking around and trotting down first base to see what happens. No, what happens is you get out. Right? Or as a... Uh, as you're playing ball, of course, you can't just stand up there and just kind of focus, but lose your focus and get distracted like you get distracted on the way to first and lose your focus and get distracted and the ball just goes by you. Because three strikes, if they throw three strikes, you're out whether you swing or not. How many are glad God gives us more than three? But sometimes your opportunities don't always come around as fast as you would like. In other words, he'll give you another opportunity, but it may not be the next inning. Are you with me? In other words, God will give you another opportunity, but it may be a little while because he wants to see if you're going to be faithful. He's going to see because God watches faithfulness. And if you're faithful over little, God will make you ruler over much. He wants to see your diligence. He wants to see, are you going to be faithful? Are you going to be diligent? And are you going to stay with it and be faithful enough that when you get up to bat next time, you're ready to watch and you're ready to swing? In other words, you're not going to hesitate too much concerning the will of God for your life. Because you can hesitate and almost swing, but swinging almost doesn't hit the ball. Right? Come on, you got to swing the bat. You've got to swing the bat in order to connect with that ball to hit it where you want it to go. So, as a Christian, uh, knowing you have a vision, you have a dream, you've got to connect. And you've got to connect with the ball, so to speak. You've got to connect with your vision. You've got to follow through. You've got to swing. You've got to do it. There has to be some action involved. Action has to be involved in order for your vision to come to pass. Are you with me? So let's go to Philippians chapter 3, please. Philippians chapter 3. These are some of the writings of the Apostle Paul, who to me is a great example of a Christian, not just a preacher and an apostle, not just uh, someone who is called to preach the gospel and write a large portion of the New Testament, but as a Christian. And here's his words, really, about himself. His own personal life experience, he says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, Not as though I'd already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. So here's Paul talking about his own life experience with God. He said, not like I've already attained. I've, I'm not already perfect. 
Uh, look at your neighbor and say, we know. All right, so in other words, we know you're not already perfect. We know, right? Almost, but not all together. All right, so you're not already perfect. You're not already attained. I, I remember Dad Hagen, Brother Hagen, in his 80s, he would say, I know so little. And he knew more than most of us, for sure. And we're listening to him to learn from him, but he said, uh, uh, I know so little. In other words, he maintained humility and understanding that he needed to grow. He needed to learn. He needed to continue his progress spiritually. So, never get to the place that you don't think you need to grow. Because you always will. No matter how old you get, no matter how much you know, there's still room for you to grow. And there's still uh, uh, things that will uh, be an opportunity for you to influence others, to achieve, to accomplish. Never let your dream die. But die dreaming still. In other words, no matter how old you are, you want to dream till you draw your last breath. Praise God. Don't live a dreamless life, but live a life full of dreams, full of visions, seeing how you can make an impact on your world. Amen? All right, so here's this Apostle Paul, and he said, I haven't already attained, I'm not already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Now, I just gave you a little bit of his testimony on the road to Damascus. He's, uh, what is he doing? He is uh, on his way to persecute, to imprison Christians. That's his goal. Now, he meets Jesus and his whole life is transformed. Now, he's on a different road. Somebody say a different road. How many are glad you're on a different road than what you used to travel? Uh, you might not be here, but you might not be anywhere right now except in eternity, if you had not made a choice to get on the right road. And so Paul got on the right road, and he's following after Jesus. He says, I follow after, if that I may apprehend or lay hold of what Jesus laid hold of me for. In other words, God apprehended his life. Jesus interrupted his travels or his life, his vision, his dreams, the way he was thinking, which was contrary, contrary to God and his will and his plan altogether. And God interrupted that, and he laid hands a hold of God of the Apostle Paul who was Saul, and now his name is changed, and his identity is changed, and he's on his way to do the will of God. He's following after, if that I may apprehend. I'm still apprehending what God laid hands on me to do. I'm still reaching forth. So what am, what am I doing? I'm, I'm pressing forward. Let's go to the next verse. Verse 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. So he says it again. I have not apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are what? Before. In other words, I have to let go of the past in order to lay hold of the future. I have to let go of what is behind me in order to reach forth unto those things that are before me. So what do you do? You have to forget. You have to let go. Somebody say forgetting. Forgetting is somewhat a hard thing to do. Let's be real. Forgetting what is behind you. 
Maybe it's traumatic experience in your life. Maybe it's a very negative uh, thing that has occurred in your life or uh, multiple things that have been uh, traumatic in your life, in your past, in your history. And, and it seems to hold you bondage or to lock you down or to uh, hinder you from moving forward or making forward motion in life, emotionally, mentally, physically. Achievement, achieving goals. But he says, there's one thing I do. I forget what is behind. And, and, you know, years ago I watched this movie with my daughter, my wife. You know, watched a lot of kid movies when my daughter was growing up. And Lion King, one of the lines in there says, put your behind in the past. (laughs) Your physical anatomy is that your behind is in the past. But that's the phrase that came from that. He said, put your behind in the past. So it's just a play on words. Put your behind in the past. Well, if your behind is not in your past, you are walking backwards. (laughs) And there are a lot of people who are walking backwards. Because if you're not moving forward, you are actually moving backwards. And so, as a Christian, you want to put your behind in the past, so to speak. You want to put what is behind you in the past and consider it done. I cannot change my history, but I can change my present and my future. I cannot change what has happened, but I can change what will happen. I do have some some choice about my future, but I can change what I chose to do in the past. That's reality. You cannot change your history. You cannot change your past. You cannot change your past choices, your past mistakes, or other people's abuses of your life. You cannot change that. That is the human experience that you cannot change, but you can change how you respond to it. And so, I'm not saying you totally forget what happened, but you do have to forget to the point that you learn from it so that you don't make the same mistake again. Are you with me? So when it comes to looking in the past or looking at the rearview mirror, the rearview mirror is smaller because that is what is behind you. But the windshield in front of you is larger because that is what is in front of you. So God created you to have vision forward. He has created human beings to have vision forward or have forward thinking, thinking about the future rather than always dwelling on the past. Because if you dwell on the past, many times you will repeat the past experience. But if you choose to forward think, if you choose to think ahead and say, God, by the Holy Spirit, I'm praying, I'm asking you to direct, to order my steps, and I want to know what tomorrow holds. In other words, I want to know what my next six weeks or my next year or my next month or, you know, seeing something about the future. Where do we go from here? Because I don't want to go backwards, I want to go forward. He said, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching, what? Reaching forth unto those things which are before. I'm reaching, so i got to let go in order to grab hold. I've got to let go in order to lay hold of. I've got to let go in order to apprehend. I've got to say, God, I'm looking now. He's following after. 
if that I may apprehend. So the follow-through is so important. A decision can be made, but if there is no follow-through, there is no success. Because if there is no follow-through, there is no finishing. And if you don't finish your swing, come on. If you don't hit the ball and follow through, come on, you're not going to hit the balls anywhere. You're just going to stand there, and life is going to pass you by. Things are going to pass you by. But when you say, God, I'm in this, and I'm going to follow through, and I'm going to finish what you've called me to do, and I'm going to do what you have created me to do, and I'm going to be who you created me to be, then you will succeed at what you put your hand to. God created you for success. He didn't create you to fail. But if you fail in your past, don't dwell on your failure. Just learn from your mistake. Because everybody in life has failed. Everybody in life has failed. But don't let discouragement set into your life that says to you, that is your destiny. You are a failure and you're not a winner. You're not going to win. You say, I did fail, but I'm not going to fail. Hallelujah. I did mess up, but I'm not going to mess up. You say, what if you mess up again? You fess up. You confess your sin or you're wrong or you choose to say, I'm not going that direction again. Don't be so hard on yourself that if you don't do everything, perfectly. See, I've not already attained. I'm not already perfect. I am who I am. I make mistakes. I make uh, uh, choices that are not the best in my life. And when I do, I repent and I turn away from it. So really, it's a good time right now to say, God, I have made some mistakes in the past, but this is a new day. This is a new season. This is a new year. And I'm moving forward. I'm not going backwards. Somebody say, I'm not going backwards. Touch your neighbor say, he's talking to you. All right, so Holy Spirit will always have you looking forward. The only reason he'll say, listen, if you're going to look in your rearview mirror, most of the time is so that you can safely change lanes. In other words, you look at your past so that you can actually make a choice, wise decision to make a change. And so you look at your past year, your past life, so that you can now, I don't want to repeat that, so I'm looking there just momentarily to consider what change I need to make. And so once you've made that choice and you made that decision, you can't linger in the rearview mirror. You don't take a 20-minute commute or an hour commute looking in the rearview mirror. You would not make it to your destination. So you got to get your eyes off of the rear view and say, I've made a change. I've made a choice. I've changed lanes. Now I'm in this lane and i got to look forward. So you've, you've gotten off the road that you were on. Like the Apostle Paul, you've got on a new road, and now I'm running this road, and this is the way I'm going, and this is my destination. I am destined to arrive. Are you with me? So Holy Spirit wants you to keep your eyes on the prize. What does the next verse say? It says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. I press toward the mark. You always have to have a goal before you if you're going to achieve. 
You always have to have a goal before you if you're going to accomplish. In the simplest areas of life, in the most difficult areas of life, in the smaller areas of life, of life and also in the bigger areas things that you are to do or achieve. You always have to have a vision. You have to have a vision to get up in the morning. Otherwise, there are people that actually keep laying there. Because they have no vision. They have no purpose. They have no reason to get up. You have to have a reason to get up in the morning. You have to have a reason to do what you do in life. From the simplest things to the larger Things that God wants you to do. So a choice has to be made at every juncture, so to speak. At every crossroad, you have to choose to do something. You have to choose to act, to follow through. Are you with me? So he said, I press toward the mark. So goal setting is essential for you to be able to accomplish your dream. I said goal setting is essential for you to be able to accomplish your dream. Because goals are not always easily attained. They cost you time. They cost you money. They cost you effort. They cost you sacrifice. I mean, it's the real deal. This is where the rubber meets the road. Right? You got to commit. You got to follow through. You got to say, yes, I'm in this. It's going to cost me, but I'm here for it. I'm going to follow through. I'm going to not only follow through, I'm going to finish. Hallelujah. So, Holy Spirit is your helper. How many are glad the Holy Spirit is your personal trainer? I mean, the Holy Spirit is your personal trainer. Holy Spirit can encourage you when you don't feel like doing that next push-up or when you don't feel like doing that next uh, weight lift or you don't feel like doing that another mile in the jog. You don't feel like putting 30 minutes on the elliptical. You don't feel like doing any of that. You just want to stay home. If you're a morning exerciser, you want to stay in bed. If you're an afternoon uh, exerciser after work, then you say, okay, I've worked hard today. I'm going home and turn the TV on, and I'm going to eat something that's not good for me. Ah, that I just like to eat, and it makes me feel good emotionally, but it's killing me physically. All right, so... It's true. That's what people do. All right, so it's a choice that they make, even from exercise to eating habits to whatever you got to choose in life to succeeding at whatever you do and put your hand to, to going to school to achieve a better life. Uh, Whatever your choices are in life, you've got to make good, healthy choices if you want a good, healthy result. Praise God. So if I'm going to sacrifice my time and my sleep, it's going to be for something that has value. (laughs) I'll say it again. If I'm going to sacrifice my time and my sleep, come on, then it's going to be something worth having value, something worth my time. All right, so you have to make good choices regarding your time. Touch your neighbor, say he's talking to you. All right, so you got to make good choices concerning your time because time is the same for everybody. Every day, 
Now, you can stretch it out if you'll take care of your body because your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So you can stretch out the amount of time that you have here in the earth. But everybody gets the same 24 hours in every day. And what you do with your 24 hours is going to determine the success or the lack thereof in your life. So if I'm looking back, I'm only looking back to learn so that I can press so I don't make the same mistakes. I can press against the adversity, against the somebody saying, you can't do that. No, I can't. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, the Holy Spirit. I mean, I was at my mother's funeral. There was this 80-some-year-old man. He said, you know, when you were a little kid, you were a scrawny little kid. He said, you've done pretty good. <laughs> well, thank you for the compliment. <laughs> you know, in other words, you press through your adversity. So he, he knew where I grew up. He knew that I grew up in the projects. He knew I grew up poor. He's a relative. He knew. He knew my environment. He knew what could have happened but uh, didn't happen. How many are glad what could have happened didn't happen in your life? And the Holy Spirit, come on, doesn't matter where you came from. Doesn't matter what your situation is. When you have a dream, you can dream bigger than your environment. Hallelujah. You can dream outside of everybody's mental boxes. In other words, everybody doesn't dictate to you what your future holds. The Holy Spirit himself has a word for you and design for your life and a plan and a purpose. And if you dare to dream God's dream, glory to God forever. You press through the adversity, press toward the mark, the goal, for the what? Prize, which is in Christ Jesus. The prize, there is a prize, there is a reward for your obedience, there is a reward for your pressing. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Now, what does it say in Hebrews? I'm going to do this fast. Hebrews chapter 12. There's a lot of good preaching material here, but I'm just going to do this really fast. Verse 2, Hebrews 12, verse 2. It says, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the what? Finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. In other words, there's a follow-through that you have situations that cause you to get weary and faint in your mind. But we're not just looking to that. We're looking unto him. In other words, you're not just looking in the rear view. You're not looking at all your obstacles. You're not looking at all of your adversity. You've chosen to look unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him. In other words, there is joy in achievement. There is joy in accomplishment. There is joy in obedience. There's joy in doing the will of God. There's joy in following 
knowing God's plan for your life, even though there's adversity involved, even though there's challenge ahead, even though there are things that tell you it is impossible, there's something on the inside of you that says, I dare to believe God. I dare to receive his word. I dare to act on it. I dare to press. I dare to follow through. I don't just have a vision, but I maintain my focus and I focused on that vision and I'm staying with it when it seems like in the natural there's no way we're going to get through but with God you can and will hallelujah to Jesus so you press and you follow through and you do what Jesus did Looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. He kept his eyes on the prize. Hallelujah. And you were his joy. That's the reason he endured the cross. Not just so he could prove that he could die and be raised again. It was for you and for me so that redemption could be a reality. And you could know Jesus Christ and have a relationship with God the Father through faith in Jesus Christ. Well, if he endured the cross, you can endure the adversity. And you can choose not to faint in your mind. And not to give in. And not to give up. Not to quit. But to finish your faith. Be a finisher hallelujah and you got to have a fight in you a fight of faith to be a finisher how many are hearing what I'm saying today I said you got to have a little bit of fight in you that says I'm going to fight the good fight of faith I'm a winner hallelujah you're not a loser you're a winner you weren't born to lose you were born to win you were born again because you're born of him you can win whatever whoever is born of God overcomes the world and this is a victory that overcomes the world even our faith you were born to win and I believe you're going to win Hallelujah. I said you were born to win. I believe you're going to win. And how you're going to win is through faith. Not everybody is, but you can. I said not everybody is, but you can. And not everybody will win, but you will. If you dare to believe God, trust him and keep your eyes on the prize. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Thank you for joining us at Word of Life Christian Center, where we seek to move upward in prayer and worship, inward in discipleship, and outward in evangelism. We are so excited that you decided to connect with what God is doing here. And if you want to learn more, go to wordoflifelv.com.